0: Hey. Hey, Griffin. All right, let's wait for Jack. Welcome, guys, to another episode of Generation Elect. We are available on many platforms such as iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and now Shadow Incorporated, your number one caucus (laughs) app. It's been a week since we've done a podcast, and last time we previewed Iowa, asking the question who will win the caucuses? This week, we will review Iowa, again asking the question, who will win the caucuses? <laughs> yep, it's been a weird week, not to mention some minor things around like an impeachment vote, a State of the Union, and a Democratic debate. Thankfully, I'm accompanied by a great team today with me to unravel the chaos amongst us. As always, How's it going, man?
1: Oh, it's going well. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How's your week been? Um, I've had a pretty hectic week, but... I'm pulling through. We're almost at break, that long February break. Yep, we can see the light at the end of the
0: tunnel. Um, mm-hmm. Jack, as always, how's it going, man?
1: Pretty good. How about
0: you, Henry? Great. Good to hear. So, uh, this is going to be a packed podcast. we got a lot to cover, as I said earlier. But um, I guess we've got to start with the main story, the story that really has been dominating the headlines and just causing a more controversy and more chaos and more conversation than we expected. It's the Iowa caucuses. So Monday night, we all braced for the first votes to be cast of the Democratic primary. We thought it would be a three or four hour process. Um, we all went to bed not knowing the winner, and we still do not. Uh, Griffin, do you want to
1: tell us what happened here? Um, yes. Yeah, so there is um, this new app that was meant to be used to transmit caucus results from the sites to um, uh news networks and so that these results could be reported to the press thing is there's an error in this app which caused a serious delay in the amount of results that could be posted so that night february 3rd we got nothing the next day uh they got about 62 percent or so um that following day in the afternoon and then results slowly began to trickle in from there until they got allegedly 100 percent now there were several errors in the reporting from the caucus um sites um and also one thing that is to note is bernie sanders won the popular vote well voice crap. um pete Buttigieg, though won the majority or a plurality rather of state delegate equivalents which matter more in this instance right um and as a result, Pete Buttigieg got 14 delegates from Iowa. Sanders got 12. I think Warren got eight, Biden four, and Klobuchar got a delegate. I believe that Biden got six. I think
0: that rounds or, yeah 41.
1: Some, somewhere around there. Yeah,
0: but the results uh, came after a week. They were highly contested. It looks like we're headed toward a re-canvas. Jack, is it safe to say that Buttigieg won Iowa, or is there just so much doubt? You can't even I, say
2: that. I don't think it'll be safe to say Buttigieg won Iowa until a month from now. I mean, it's really a crazy instance. And, you know, Iowa has been a benchmark for the Democratic primary or the Democratic nominee process for as long as it's been in place. And it's always been looked at as, you know, a prediction of who would be the eventual winner. Some voters might be swayed by the winner because of electability arguments, et cetera. With this, you know, lack of confidence over the vote, it's really, to me, made New Hampshire feel like the first actual significant uh, part of this process.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, um, you know, a big part of the Iowa primary was the primetime speech that the winners give, you know, after the results were announced. And it was practically midnight when I decided to go to bed. There was yes, no same. big speech. I think that Judge did come out and give somewhat of a victory speech, which is interesting, but it was not even close to the same effect that, say, Obama or John Kerry had when they won Iowa recently, or even Hillary Clinton, you know, you know rallying the voters, making her or him the clear frontrunner. And um, for whoever the eventual winner is, it really is a missed chance that this had to happen to them. So, I mean, Griffin, is there anyone who leaves Iowa, any of these candidates, that has a positive outcome?
1: Bernie Sanders. Now, I think... Bernie Sanders, in the end, he may end up losing Iowa, but I think this is a case of losing the battle but winning the war because Mm. his main rival, Joe Biden, has suffered immensely. If you look at Biden's polling average since the Iowa caucuses, it's just tanked because fourth place in Iowa, winning only a few rural counties, that's a very poor performance and it doesn't bode well for the rest of the nomination now you were right in that oftentimes after the caucus the speech afterwards kind of ignites flair and it can really give a candidate a boost or or it could actually harm a candidate i mean look at howard dean's speech in a oh uh, four after he that little scream at the end that yeah. was way well, it was really goofy sounding so but
0: No, I mean, it's really interesting the way it happens. And before we talk about the candidates in a second, let's just, like, talk about how much of a screw-up this is from the Iowa Democratic Party. They've had four years to get this right. They, like, they should have been testing software from the minute that the 2016 Iowa caucus ended. And suddenly, they've thrown the whole election in doubt. There's going to be claims of illegitimacy, no matter who the nominee is, I'm sure, especially if Bernie Sanders is not the nominee. And just... I mean, Jack, is Iowa ever going to go first again?
2: It shouldn't, to be honest. It's still in the caucus system. This is really an example of the fiasco it's been. And as you mentioned, there's been huge infighting as a result of this with uh, Bernie Sanders and Buttigieg and their respective supporters facing off and uh, Sanders supporters shouting conspiracy, which, to be fair, it's pretty easy to shout conspiracy when the app is Shadow Inc. And Hillary Mm. for America is a part owner in Pete Buttigieg's, and Pete Buttigieg's campaign itself. Is it, hmm,
1: um, yeah.
2: So, you know, I mean, I can understand why there are some questions over this.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, is that where you guys want to start with Bernie Sanders and how this will turn sure. out for him? I mean, uh, sure. Griffin, what do you
1: think about Bernie Sanders? Is this a good result for Bernie? Uh, most certainly, yes. Because although polls right before the Iowa caucuses showed him with a lead, the fact Really, it's more that Biden did poorly than Sanders did well that really helped Sanders in the end. Because although Sanders' polling average hasn't risen that much since Iowa, if you look at Biden's, it just tanks. Now, this camp bode well for Biden in New Hampshire. Uh, Camp bode well in Nevada, which is another caucus on 22nd. Um, And just note about Nevada Nevada, just like Iowa, is a caucus. And, but
0: they're not using Shadow Incorporated. Yeah, they're they're not theory.
1: using Shadow. Well, not anymore. But, <laughs> not they anymore. To. But there is still the potential that a caucus could be a bit wild and difficult to report. And I think with this Iowa caucus, this is kind of the beginning of the end for states using the caucus system. I know Kansas and Minnesota, uh, two states that held caucuses in 2016, this year they're holding primaries. So it seems the caucus system is in decline, but given uh, what happened in Iowa, I feel that more states in the future will abandon the caucus system and instead adopt a primary. Okay. That's definitely the inclination. I mean, I feel like we're going to find out. And also, the next, like, with yeah. a primary, the candidate with the most votes wins. Bernie Sanders got the most votes out of all the candidates in Iowa, but he still lost because... It mattered where you get the votes, not how many you get, because state delegate equivalent rule. Right, uh, last Anyways, to yeah, it's
0: yeah. not even that big of a deal. One delegate, you know, there's not even the boost of a transm speech. Yeah, because Bernie,
1: in my yeah. opinion, Bernie is winning New Hampshire. I think Buttigieg could somewhat contest New Hampshire, but uh, New Hampshire shares a very long border with Vermont. Uh, Bernie Sanders won Senators. it. Yeah. Yeah, Bernie yeah. Sanders won New Hampshire by a landslide in twenty sixteen. And although there are far more candidates in this race, Bernie certainly starts off with a massive yeah. advantage in nearby New Hampshire. Yeah, and you were uh
2: you know, you brought up the uh Joe Biden failure, which uh
1: certainly a pretty
2: big blow for his campaign. But I think if there was any winner from the whole shadow incorporated fiasco that was uh Iowa, I think it was uh, Biden because it took a ton of attention away from his spectacular failure.
0: Yeah, but I think that is something that lingers in the voters' minds. Yeah, I I I agree. I don't think you can say right now that Biden is the front runner to win the nomination. No. I think that's clearly pretty clearly the point.
1: And if you look at five thirty eight, their model has Bernie winning every single state. Even like in the deep south, Alabama, (laughs) South Carolina, I don't know about that. I'll go into like I mean I think it's forty nine out of fifty with South Carolina. I wouldn't I wouldn't exactly trust five thirty eight because not too long ago they had Biden winning every state except Vermont and New Hampshire, which would go to Sanders. So I wouldn't say 538 is the best source, but I think Sanders can win Nevada, New Hampshire. And I think Biden might get a run for his money in South Carolina. Especially with a uh, Styer on the rise there too. Steyer on the rise, wow. Yeah, in South Carolina. Right.
0: So, um, yeah. So this was a kind of a crazy caucus night. I mean, like it was really suspenseful not knowing the winner. I expect the Iowa Democratic chair maybe to step down. I feel like that might be an appropriate action.
2: There's even uh, uh, been some calls for uh, the head of the DNC, Perez, uh, to step down. Henry, what do you what do you think about that? I'm.
0: I'm a fan of Tom Perez. I think that he is, uh, he's leading the party well. He's investing money in the places that Democrats feel like they can make advancements in. Places like Mm -hmm. Texas, you know, places like, oh, obviously, like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. I feel like it was a big, really good decision by him to host the 2020 DNC uh, convention inside Milwaukee, which is a place where Democrats need to win big. And like the, I think he's done well in terms of positioning. And allocating funds so yeah. i don't feel the need for him to step down i think that is mostly fueled by angry bernie bros which uh, are very prevalent on internet sites as we all know but um yeah i mean Griffin, what do you think about tom perez the does he should he step down as the democratic chairman
1: it's not really his fault that there is a mess in iowa and tom perez could be a very reliable asset for several democratic candidates who are running in Uh, Republican House seats or Senate seats, like even in Kansas, which you would normally think is deep, deep red. A poll came out just today showing Chris Kobach, who lost uh, the governor's race back in 18. It shows him tied with the Democratic candidate that's basically being backed by the DSCC. So really, it's really the Iowa Democratic Party chair's fault not really perez's fault so yeah i think in agreement with you
2: yeah and perez i think perez's possible biggest achievement is that the party recently has been really focused on you know winning significant state races like governorships you know representative seats and i think that's a really good shift because i think state Democratic leadership in state offices is becoming much more important in the age of Trump. And, you know, state attorney generals, state governors have been really leading the
1: push against him in some cases.
2: No, yeah. Things like
0: I forgot which state house they flipped. Maybe Griffin can remind me. But, uh,
1: uh, was it was Minnes- a It might have been Minnesota. No, it was in the
0: Midwest somewhere. But uh, whatever that was, that state house could lead to um, better health care protection. It can lead to uh, making passing bills that. Uh, would control guns and, you know, universal background checks. And it could lead to passing the Equal Rights Amendment, which is a big thing that the Democrats want to do. So I think Tom Perez has done a good job. The blame doesn't fall on him. The blame falls on
1: shadow and Tro- corporate. Yeah, Troy P-Troy Price. Troy, yeah, was, that was the
0: yeah. guy. Right? He looked like he hadn't slept in a while when he came on for his press conference, which is
1: probably hey, true. reminds me of myself.
0: What time did you go to bed on the Iowa caucus night? Um
1: went to bed around uh midnight yeah i gave up then
0: about two yeah well i was like they're gonna announce it soon they're gonna announce it soon and like Richard matto and like chris matthews were just like so what do you think this means for like the iowa caucuses like they asked that question like 20 times and i'm just like this (laughs) is never gonna happen so yeah it was a frustrating night but um yeah, I mean, the big storyline, I guess judge uh winning a contest that we didn't really expect him to win. Uh, Jack, do you think he can continue that momentum into New Hampshire, or is this kind of more of an? novel? You know,
2: it remains to be seen. I think he could possibly carry that into New Hampshire, but beyond that, I'm not too sure. I don't see him winning too many more primaries, especially in the South. Uh, so I, it, it remains to yeah. be seen.
0: I mean, maybe he can have, like, a John Kasich role. In this primary similar to what he did just holding out against the nominee just like you know staying in the race but it's interesting because he was the one that needed a boost the most i think like if he hadn't done well there would have been calls on him to drop his campaign but so it's interesting to see how you know the race evens out and tightens um we haven't talked about elizabeth warren griffin is this what we expected from warren kind of mediocre performance
1: uh yes yes i would say so she only won one county and tied in another for um state delegate equivalents and that was the county that had iowa city which i honestly was a bit surprised she won there i thought that iowa city for those who don't know is home to the university of iowa so college town more likely to go to bernie sanders but did end up going to warren but thing is those mediocre those mediocre results don't really give her a boost of sorts um, and I don't really see her winning New Hampshire at this point. Uh, they don't give her a boost. Her results in Iowa should not give her a boost in New Hampshire, uh, in my opinion and doesn't look like they are. Uh, so Yeah, it's
0: no, I think it's interesting how you were talking about a college town and how Bernie is expected to win those youthful places. I mean in all the I'm sure this isn't true like for all the caucuses, but the observations I made watching, you know, the the shows and watching them go from caucus to caucus was that youth turnout was very high and prevalent and for youth turnout, the two most popular candidates among youth are definitely Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg. Well, by about a
1: lot, them. it's actually Bernie. Bernie Sanders, yeah. I think and... Buttigieg actually did better amongst older voters because a lot of the counties C one were more rural yeah, and with a lot of older voters.
0: Yeah, and there's – yeah. And
1: I'm
2: I, – I was just going to quickly say that, uh, you know uh, – one of the things one of the caucus voters said out on MSNBC, I remember, was something to the tune of uh, old school with a touch of new school, moderation, but new, something to that effect. And I, I really think that's that's the slogan of this footage edge campaign. He's, you know, going for moderate policies, kind of a return to normalcy in some ways. Uh, but he's a youthful appearance. He has some new ideas. But I do think generally he more resonates with um, older people.
0: Yeah, and I think it's interesting that he draws that demographic and he's presenting himself in that way. I think part of it is tactical. I think that there is a part of Pete Buttigieg that is progressive. I mean, we've seen, like, he was a very progressive mayor of South Bend. Like, he supported positions. Like, it didn't matter to him as mayor, but he supported things like Medicare for All, and he was very progressive. But I, don't, I think he looked at the race and saw that there wasn't an opening. For Warren in that progressive wing because Warren and Sanders were dominating that. So I think he has tried to cast himself as the, you know, the equivalent to Joe Biden. You know, the other option for candidates who are reluctant to vote for Joe. So I think it is interesting that he's cast himself that way. But is it working? You
1: think Griffin? Like, is that why he's had a second surge? Um, I don't know if it's exactly working per se because, in the long term, in the short term, yes, it could work because he's won Iowa. There is a potential that he could win New Hampshire. But in the long term, I don't think he has a base that would be able to to unite all the wings of the Democratic Party, nor a base of um, minority minority demographics. For example, Nevada, which is a state with a high Latino, um, high Hispanic population, he isn't doing very well there. Nor is he doing well in South Carolina, which is a state with heavy African-American population. Now, one thing that you must consider is that a lot of the Super Tuesday states are held in the South or in otherwise very diverse states Um, like Alabama, Tennessee and Virginia. They're all on Super Tuesday. They're in the South and they have the heavy influence of an African-American electorate. Similarly, there's California, which also is holding its primary on Super Tuesday. In California, you have a large Hispanic population. There's also a very large Asian-American population, which I haven't really seen as to if Buttigieg is doing well with them or not. Um, But also, there's only one state in the Midwest, if I'm not mistaken, that has a Super Tuesday primary, and and that's Minnesota uh um, not home of Buttigieg, but Klobuchar, it's Klobuchar yeah. It's home state, so that's the thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's talk about Globuchar for a second, Jack. Does she still have fuel Less. to do this? Nurse? She picked up a delegate.
2: So, yeah. I mean, I, we're getting we're getting a little into the debate here. And, you know, I, I think do you guys think we're uh, ready to transition? Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's keep it 2020, yeah. yeah. Alright. Yeah, sure. So, uh, uh, I think Klobuchar's biggest win has been – she's been the best candidate in nearly every single That's debate. That's true.
1: Uh,
2: I think she's had great answers on nearly every question. She's moderate, but she's, you know, new. She has experience, but she's invigorating. She has good answers. Uh, and I think she's done a great job. Now, we'll see if that makes her poll numbers rise at all, right? Because she's still – I mean, I know she's third in New Hampshire – but nationally she's still barely pulling like four, around, you know, I think you're digits, pulling out sometimes under.
1: 100% the last time I saw. So about even with Yang. Yeah. Around there.
2: <laughs> yeah. So to me, you know, that shows that debates are becoming less significant to democratic voters. Right. And I think a part of that is because we're becoming so entrenched with our own views. But if you watched every single debate and, you know, we're significantly influenced by that, Klobuchar has been by yeah, far the I best candidate. I think
0: the candidate. times to be influenced by the debates were the first and second, back when they had, like, two rounds. Because nowadays, like, when there's a debate, like, even I didn't watch the whole thing. Or when I did, I... Well, no, when I did, I, like... There's nothing the candidates could have said that really could have made or break their campaign. I think that the debates overall have been less important. But at least they've provided Amy Klobuchar, you know, a constant platform to show why she is a valuable candidate in this race. And she's she's funny, she's smart... It's kinda of funny, I think
1: that there's no one in the world Klobuchar hates more than Pete to judge at
0: those debates. Um okay.
1: Yeah. I, I have a question for the two of you. <laughs> sure. Um say Joe Biden uh did not run for president and basically the moderate and we're at this point in the race where every other candidate um has like dropped out like Harris, Booker, uh de Blasio. So Ryan. like right where so, we are minus So nine. like yeah, right where we okay. are, take away Biden. Let's say he d- doesn't run. Who do you think would be doing better, um, Buttigieg or Amy Klobuchar? Do you think that Klobuchar Biden has hurt
0: Klobuchar, Jack?
2: I don't think Biden has hurt Klobuchar personally, but I think most would of Biden's supporters, you know, including myself, would be most inclined to go to Klobuchar. And I think that actually showed at the caucuses. And even though it was a small sample size, most networks had, you know, coverage of the live caucuses. And, you know, if Klobuchar wasn't viable, most yeah, people th- went to the Biden I think that Pete gets and vice versa as well. a
0: different group of people, and that group of people isn't necessarily, like, hardcore moderates like Biden and Klobuchar are. They just happen to be voting for a moderate candidate, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, I, I'm with Jack on this one, that Klobuchar would be doing better, maybe not as good as judge, but she'd be. A top tier candidate if not for biden because on a moderate wing you can only have one choice and klobuchar would be the
2: clear alternative to that i agree the one the one the one thing for me is i think if you're if you're looking at the race now i don't see klobuchar dropping out for at least a while i think warren I would drop warren before out before
1: yeah. klobuchar i i actually I, mean, I i see i i see I know what but, you're thinking
2: I think Klobuchar definitely has a place, and I don't think it's I think it's going to take longer to get to the point where Klobuchar isn't
1: but likely just to be
2: nominated as the, at the for space being
0: because best,
2: w- like consistently because
0: that can't be sustained. That can't sustain.
2: What what it's going to take? It's going to take. I think it's going to take either Biden or Buttigieg having a major, major, major gaffe or scandal or, or dropping out. For Klobuchar to get there, but I still think she's, because Warren's really, really definitely. suffering with the presence of Bernie Sanders, and he's definitely a more popular candidate than her. But they're so similar yeah, that it's and, really hurting. Yeah, her, you I can think. make
0: the argument that Klobuchar would be doing better with a, a winnowed field. With a winnowed field, you know, because everyone else seems to be eclipsing. Yeah, I her would message. agree. But if you watch the debate, she's by far, probably the smartest person up there. She's saying good articulate stuff that hammers on her point i think that there are points about her that the democratic populace wouldn't like if they found out like such as like you know if she's against third term abortions or like her climate change plan is kind of non-existent at this point but um i think she doesn't place mm-hmm. in this race and it's sad that she picked up one delegate in iowa um it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting spot for her right now, and if I'm her, I'm contemplating, do I want to spend a lot more money on this and go on another two months, or do I call it a day now? I don't know. Um, Griffin, let's... Yeah. I think... I was about to change the topic. Uh, go ahead, actually. No, no. I'm interested how you think, Griffin, about Andrew Yang, because if he was not Andrew Yang, a regular candidate, I bet he would have dropped out by now after his poor performance in Iowa. Yeah.
1: But, yeah yep. let's,
0: let's talk about that for a sec.
1: I'm pretty sure... <laughs> well, at this point, I don't think Andrew Yang is going to be the nominee. I think it's Nobody's really right. he's running for president to spread his message. Not necessarily that we need a universal basic income plan, Although don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think he's more trying to... Um, Warn Americans about automation and a presidential campaign is a good way to put it.
0: I don't, yeah, I don't think that that's the number one issue facing anybody right now in this country. I think that automation cannot replace uh, very important skills that are used by humans in the workplace, such as social interaction and critical thinking skills. And the point is, of automation, there was a report, the very publicized report, that said 10 to 40% of jobs could possibly get eclipsed by automation and everybody just reads that report and says 40 percent of jobs are going to be eclipsed by automation so i think you have to take a look at the facts
2: it's not i think i think the things to keep in mind with automation is that sure it can't replace you know some more you know white collar jobs that require you know a lot of communication education etc but for a lot of um you know people who you know it's more physical labor i think you know, their jobs can be pretty like easily driver uh, eclipsed by automation. And I think that's who Andrew um, yeah, sure. Or, people or, call you know, centers factory workers, too. you know, manufacturers, yep, you know, call centers, et cetera, like that. So I think that's who he's trying to resonate with. And, you know, maybe in the long term the net job loss might not be too significant because we'll see an increase in, you know, more skilled jobs for you know, creating those machines. But that still requires You know, retraining in a new set of skills, which most of these people can't do. So I do think it's a significant issue, maybe not as significant as other issues, but I'm glad you're saying that. A
0: machine that puts caps on toothpaste instead of an actual human getting paid hourly to put caps on toothpaste. Then, yeah, I see your point. That's going to take away a human's job. But this is where, you know, part of there are aspects of Warren's Green New Deal that I like, and that's transitioning the unemployed into climate change. green economic jobs in which they would be working on public works projects that give them a solid salary and help the planet where there's not many climate change employed jobs so that's why that's i think the counter that's the antidote to it
2: so just to clarify uh is this are you in support of the, the jobs of the guarantee or just yeah, specific? i mean
0: if there if okay. that is further explored and it's a possibility then we it should be a conversation on the table but having um climate change oriented jobs that are government run i think are a good idea yeah but
1: i don't really think that with this um with this jobs plan that warren's proposing it's not likely to produce full employment um but it could reduce unemployment perhaps it's better than um,
0: a universal basic income in my opinion because the freedom yeah. dividend is yeah, much less a well yeah a, no, lot of,
1: yeah a lot of people don't like how it gives a 1000 bucks a month to rich people yeah that's yeah, the main like point. everyone yeah
2: i mean they won't even claim it that's the thing most rich people you know there was there was an experiment a while ago that i read about you know checks were mailed to 10 I I rich people or whatever <laughs> and it was yeah. yeah you i think you might have <laughs> I'm in a school, I, and I don't think, like, I don't know if that's that Checks significant. to a lot of rich people. People. Well, well I like, do yeah. see to the yeah.
0: top 20 richest people in the world, and the only person to cash every single check was Donald Trump,
1: so yeah, <laughs> <But go on. laughs> yeah. Now, like, the thing is, is um, the rich people, if like under a UBI plan, the way that Yang proposed paying for a UBI plan is through a value added tax, which um would be higher on basically luxury goods. So goods that rich people are more likely to buy than poor people. He's saying that really for most goods that you'll find in a supermarket, for example, your the value-added tax won't really affect those very much. But for uh, goods that are much more expensive and rare uh, that uh, wealthier people could buy, that's where the VAT kicks in. he also um he uh, also opposes a wealth tax uh yang well yeah
2: uh,
0: my main point about the universal basic income like powers down to equality versus justice equality is giving everybody a thousand dollars a month no matter who they are no matter their status in society but justice is giving those who need it more and those who need it less less and i think that's the way to go and that's the distinction that andrew yang is not making so, um yeah, let's steer back on track. That was a good, yeah. good, good, good good conversation. Good discussion. There. Yeah. Um, good discussion though. So, so
2: Yes yeah, sir. I do I do wanna bring up uh you know one thing that's that's related yeah. to New Hampshire and going forward, right? So, you know, in Iowa we miss the presence of uh uh michael bloomberg which uh certainly it's his strategy is you know to skip out on early states and go for later states but a new quinnipiac poll that was just i, released I think i thought actually has bloomberg yeah bloomberg 51 to 42 over donald trump which is the best of any of he's not that moderate
0: not so that i'd love to
2: hear your views on this uh so anyway,
0: tonight iowa bloomberg um... guy uh WNYC radio show that we listen to a lot and they were like call this number to call in so I called it 39 times and they eventually put me on and they were like why are you a Bloomberg supporter and my reasoning is that I know he, a lot of people think he's the most moderate candidate in the race and I think that belief only stems because he was a former Republican and so sure, that's a fair belief to me
2: yeah, but Independent um, mayor too. But yeah. when you
0: look at what his policies are now, his policies have shifted. He has changed on a number of issues, and that includes you know a more comprehensive plan for gun reform. Uh, I would say it's better than whatever Biden proposes for that, and it's better than what Bernie Sanders has voted for in the past. And I think he's huge on climate change. It's, it's going to be his number one priority, and that's yeah. really the only priority that matters to a big extent. So yeah. I think that Bloomberg is not as progressive as Warren Sanders of course but he's yeah. to the left of Biden and Buttigieg. Yeah.
1: I so think that militancy
0: um, factor plus he matches up with my own personal beliefs. I'm I like to say I'm tier 3 of the Democratic Party which is, you know, in between um the moderate and progressive sides. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I'm supporting him. Yeah. That's that's why I think he's the best candidate for this race. Yeah, I
1: think some of the main points of contention as to why people oppose Bloomberg uh um, his frisk. past stances, yeah, stop and frisk and also uh yeah, yeah. Uh, lack of support yeah, well, among gentr- African Americans. Apparently under his mayorship, uh, New York City experienced much more gentrification. Yep. And um, many argue that gentrification negatively impacts uh, poor communities. And <laughs> it apparently, and from what I heard from people online is basically New York City is really unaffordable and everything's expensive as a result of uh, gentrification in the past couple decades.
0: Yeah. And of course you stop and frisk racial and I, yeah, is racial profiling and stop
2: and frisk. Of not okay. But yeah, yeah that is saying, bad. So I think in, uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, attacks, especially from the progressive wing of the party, uh, have increased on uh Bloomberg because, you know, people even dubbed him, you know, oligarch Bloomberg, et cetera. And I think, you know, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, too, honey. But in my opinion, you know, most of the people who are attacking him, you know, are are very in support of uh, candidates not taking money, you know, from super PACs or special interests and yet are still criticizing Bloomberg. When out of all the candidates in the race, because he is self-funded, Bloomberg, I mean, at least hypothetically, is least beholden to any special interests. I
0: agree with that. He's not demanding money that he doesn't need from donors even though he he has
1: one billionaire donor he has fewer billionaire donors than elizabeth warren yeah so
0: i think that
1: yeah i think that the main point to
0: oppose him should not be there are many points to oppose michael bloomberg stop and frisk but the main point to oppose him is not because he is wealthy he created a very good media company he's done very well with it. He's, he's used his money in good places. And we talk about, I, I know you were talking about, Jack, how like um, Joe Biden's making the point that the wealthy shouldn't always be demonized. But to be fair, no. we talked how good about Bill Gates is, but he bought a $500 million yacht the other day. So, I mean, there is stuff to chew on there. But Michael Bloomberg has used his money in good places, and you shouldn't vote against him because he's a billionaire, simply. I don't think that billionaires should be as widespread as they are now in the U.S., and I think that Michael Bloomberg does have income equality on his mind, but it's not a point of contention with him. I don't really have a problem with that. I've really, yeah.
2: And the, the the purity test within the Democratic Party that's being you know promoted by Warren and, and Bernie and you, you know you can't you can't you know take money from you know people with more money you know you have to demonize them they're the enemy. I, I don't really agree with that logic. I think if we do it right, you know, wealthy, obviously there's definitely wealthy people that don't use their wealth rightly as there is with nearly everyone in any class, but I think they need to be part of the solution yeah, as I mean, well. Yeah,
0: my belief as a Democrat, my core belief is that nobody should be sitting on $50 billion while people, well, people are starving on the streets. And I think that that's a conversation that needs to be had by everybody, no matter what their income is. And if, I think it does result in the top- one percent losing some of their money but i think that that's needed for the betterment of this country so um yes let's uh, go on uh before i finish up here about iowa uh it's been kind of a crazy week uh griffin who to judge and sanders the two clear frontrunners?
1: runners who's, um, who's gonna come on top between the two of
0: them in the next few weeks You think?
1: um i would say sanders in new hampshire and nevada uh, cause I, I never thought that Buttigieg would win Nevada. Like I still don't think he's winning Nevada, but New Hampshire, I'm giving the edge to Sanders mainly because it's basically Sanders's backyard is New Hampshire, like, and several key college towns. There are a lot of colleges in New Hampshire. Um, I mean, there's St. Anselm, there's uh, Dartmouth and, uh, uh, University of Southern New Hampshire. Started your college visits um, already, Griffin? <laughs> I really am going on one in uh over break. I'm going to uh, Washington and Lee, um, over yes. in Lexington, nice. Virginia. Our college visits, uh, sophomore year usually. Or um, junior year. yeah. Uh, well, kind oh, of yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can have a college visit whenever you want, but yeah, I'm right. I'm starting early with uh. It's good here. It's good. Like that. Sure. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. But um.
0: Yeah, so uh, Jack Buttigieg and Sanders, I mean, a lot of our listeners will probably have experienced the New Hampshire primary while hearing this, but you you agree that Sanders is going to come on top of the New Hampshire?
2: Yeah, I got to go with, with Griffin on this. I don't see Sanders losing New Hampshire, and I, I never really thought of Buttigieg as a significant factor. Yeah, in that. and um, I kind of want Sanders to not win New
0: Hampshire just to see how the twitter bernie bros react to that because <laughs> it's made for some good entertainment over the last week but um yeah i think bernie is going to pull ahead of the front running here it's interesting so let's move on to our second topic and this is not a minor one either it's sure. um donald trump has been acquitted after Ooh. five months and uh, we all have select thoughts on this i know um Griffin, do you want to bring us through what happened uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night? Um,
1: but, yeah, well, yeah, the Senate voted to uh, quit Trump. Um, and it was mostly on partisan lines. On um, I don't exactly remember the charge that Romney voted guilty on. But but abuse of power. Yeah, uh, yeah abuse of power. Yeah. Mitt Romney voted uh, guilty. Uh, he voted to... Um, remove Trump from office uh, with the Democrats, but the other vote was entirely along partisan lines. Right, just all Republicans. Congress. Yeah, every Republican voted against; every Democrat voted for.
0: So, I mean, Jack, what have we gained from this? Has anything material happened, or is it just flaming out of something? That was really nothing.
2: I, I don't know if we can say anything significant has happened from this. I mean, it just confirms, you know what we were thinking before this process i do have somewhat of a increased respect for mitt romney because he you know he does truly seem to put his country before his politics and i admire that but other than that i don't know how much i he mean so i'm think just about.
0: thinking like if you had told someone four years ago that mitt romney would get a standing ovation at a democratic debate like yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what in the world does that yeah and yeah. he was he was the man the Republicans chose as their nominee in 2012.
0: Yeah, 2012. Like, how their whole has just. I mean, they were not fair jurors in this trial, and it doesn't take someone smart to realize that. They swore on oath that they would adhere to the laws of the Constitution, and they all just went back on that. They were literally partnering with Trump. Trump yeah, was where signing were the off witnesses? on the witnesses? Where were yeah. the witnesses? What kind of legal system in our world doesn't allow witnesses or evidence? That's not a legal system. That's a cover-up. And, like, I don't know. I mean, Griffin, is this, like, what do you think about this impeachment trial or, like, the non-existence of it? Uh, like, I yeah.
1: mean, it's ridiculous, in my opinion. The fact that they didn't have any witnesses is just shameful. Very shameful. That is not how you have a trial. Period. Yeah.
0: And it's not, like, it's not partisan either. If this was Obama on this, I would totally be for witnesses and evidence. Like, that's the point of the legal system, to find out what happened and to vote on that. But covering it up and not allowing, like, new explosive evidence like John Bolton's claims, that's just, honestly, like, I'm not the end of my rep with these guys, honestly. But, um, so, Jack, I guess the most, you know, meaningful thing that happened in the acquittal vote was Mitt Romney's uh, yes vote to convict Donald Trump, of abuse of power, does this signify a larger role that Mitt Romney is going to have to play in the Republican Party? I,
2: I think it could. Maybe if it's not his choice, even. I mean, uh, Trump is already out on the attack uh, at a prayer at a prayer breakfast one of the following days. He had an expletive-filled rant uh, against Mitt Romney and accused him of using his faith. Uh, to justify wrongly his actions, which is pretty fresh coming from Out of the perfect. president who gets a, ton of, gets a ton of support from, you know, very, you know, evangelicals yeah. and stuff. And, uh, you know, as a very, uh, shall we say, not pure history. Uh, so I, I just that's the thing. The Republican Party is going to turn against there, yeah. yeah a little bit uh, from Trump. And. Whether it's his choice or not, Romney's going to become the sensible part of the Republican Party. And I think, you know, as you you touched on before that, you know, you know, in 2012, we never would have expected Mitt Romney Romney to be the savior of the Democratic Party or, you know, and that's I think that's the case with a lot of these people, you know, Uh, in this age where no Republicans seem to have any respect for our country you know, the very few that do, even though they might not be the best people, are becoming folk heroes. I mean, I, I, you know, when Rex Tillerson was fired back when, all the way when he was Secretary of State, I, you know, I felt for him.
0: I I mean, like, yeah,
2: I felt, like, we disagree, me and you, Jack, like, as
0: liberals, we disagree on pretty much everything that Justin Amash and Mitt Romney has policy-wise, but we regard them as, like, absolute heroes, and it's kind of funny just to, like, have that play on our minds, that, like, everybody else has sunk this low and that they've remained as you know moral and as you know calling as they can and it's just like it's just funny to mm-hmm. watch that happen but will the Rep- griffin do you think the republican party will ever turn away from trump because this impeachment vote showed that this this is c- completely Donald Trump's party now
1: um well let's say trump loses in 2020 what i feel could happen is that the republican party will just try to move on, blame Trump for losing in 2020, and try to adopt a new figurehead, whoever that might be. Could be Mike Pence, could be Mike Pompeo. I mean, we'll see. But if Trump loses in 2020 and he doesn't hold the reins of the GOP like he does now, then maybe Mitt Romney isn't going to be in so much trouble if he runs for reelection in 2024 in Utah. And right. yeah. Also, one thing to consider is... Not even Trump is that popular amongst Republicans. I mean, sure, although ninety five percent Well ninety well yeah, but also <laughs> yeah. in certain states like Utah, he isn't seen as that he isn't seen as popular. I mean, let's wind back the clock to twenty sixteen. In Utah, Trump got only forty five percent of the vote. Mitt Romney got seventy two percent in twenty twelve in Utah, and Trump got forty five percent largely because of hmm. evan McMullen running as an independent but still 45 percent in what what was the most republican state in the nation in over four years that's just like the most pathetic republican performance in utah in a generation so you think that the republican
0: party can uh, they, revert back to what it was
1: uh the party
0: of Mike Pence, the party of like uh, Lindsey well, Graham before he turned crazy, you know.
1: Like well, could happen is Mike Pence. It could become the party of Mike Pence, but Mike Pence wouldn't be the Mike Pence of 2015. He would be the Mike Pence that's basically Trump
0: 2.0. So yeah, I mean, I slightly disagree. I think that we've passed the point of no return with Republicans. Uh, I think you look at Susan Collins and Joni Ertz and Lamar Alexander saying, oh, what Trump did was wrong, but, you know, he's learned his lesson. That's absolutely ridiculous. He has not learned his lesson from this. It showed up at prayer breakfast the next day. It, it's clear that these Republicans are Team Trump, and they're going to be Team Trump even when there's no Trump left in politics. There's going to be another Trump. It's going to be I, Matt I, Gates or mm. Doug Collins or whoever else is going to fill that reign. I what don't. Even, Jack, I think. That you say, do you? I don't
2: know if I I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Um, You know, at least we hope Trump will eventually leave office. And when that happens, I do think they're going to shift. They're still going to be more extreme than they were, but they're not going to be as extreme as they are now, I think. I mean, there's been plenty of uh, very far right you know, extreme populist Republicans in this nation's history, and none of them have gained as much support as Donald Trump. I, I I, honestly don't think, and this is not to their credit or anything like that, but I honestly don't think most Republicans like Donald Trump. I think they think it's necessary for them to get behind them in order to improve their re election chances and get certain things done that they actually want to get done. Do you done. think that well so when Trump is eventually gone, I think I think they'll shift. Yeah, I, I do. do. A you think that bit, like in least.
0: thirty years all these Republican senators will be writing in their autobiographies like, oh, I can't believe that this happened. How did like we not do anything do you think that's she- gonna
2: happen? Won't even be thirty years. Yeah. I mean look at I mean look at uh the, the former Speaker Trump of the Trump. House. Yeah. Uh yeah uh, well, before, uh, uh, after that, uh Paul, Ryan. Paul Ryan, yeah. Yeah, Paul Ryan, uh, you know, he, he was, like, a year out of resigning, and he talked about how, oh, I was the Paul adult Ryan in the room, the only reason Trump why I didn't speak I out. Didn't,
0: I don't see Lindsey Graham but, becoming, but, like, you know, anti-Trump after he uh, leaves office.
2: Really. I do. Lindsey Graham is so transparently political. During the Trump, uh, when Trump didn't look to be the nominee, you know, Lindsey Graham called him crazy. He said so many bad things about him. But as soon as it became convenient for him to like him, he switched to allegiances. And as soon as it becomes convenient for him to not like him, I think but he'll I do the think, same. Here's yeah. what I think.
0: So I don't think it's ever going to become convenient to not like Donald Trump. I think that if he loses in 2020, the Republican action reaction is not going to be, oh, we got to get away from this guy. It's going to be the election was rigged. We're still team Trump, bring on Ivanka. Like, I think that's going to be what's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I mean, Griffin, what do you think about this? What um, will be the Republican reaction if they lose. Well,
1: one thing about politics is politics, from my perspective, is basically really it's all about the next election, the next voter right. base. Uh I mean, political parties will just mostly they're really gonna align with what will get them to win the next election. That's what's most important. They may align with... They might not align with the best people, but they're going to do what gets them across the finish line. Not necessarily what's moral, uh, not necessarily what's consistent, but what will get them to win. That's what matters the most. And I think what comes into that discussion is that
2: if a very progressive candidate beats trump i think there's a possible or uh yeah i think there's a possibility that they continue their kind of extremism because you know it'll if a moderate candidate wins the democratic nomination and goes on to win the general you know it's it's tough because it's really it like like Griffin said it de- it depends on the dynamics. Well, yeah. if they
0: see Elizabeth Warren becoming president with her, you know, really extreme leftism, it's not like they'll revert back to moderate. Yeah, realism. they they'll
2: might go all the yeah, way. Yeah, they might choose or they like, might try to target moderate voters that aren't in love with Warren. They, that's why that's why it really depends. They fight fire I think fire. so much.
0: If, yeah, if Warren becomes president and <clears throat> makes her views, you know, really the big thing then they're just gonna like inflame their views and it's going to be even more polarized than it is now that's why i think yeah. joe biden is would be better he will really unify yeah but it's just so interesting and it's going to be so weird to see if trump's legacy is party changing you know are we even going to have a republican party in 50 years after
2: all yeah, this I mean, I, you know it's sad to think about but you know trump's impact on the republican party could Possibly be after you know in fifty years could possibly be as much as we think FDR had an impact on the Democratic Party, and that's really something not very uplifting to think about. But I think it's a possibility. he's changed American politics. Serious question though. Um, that,
0: I mean Griffin. I yeah. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Um, if Trump does lose on uh, November third, twenty twenty. Does he? Does he leave office, or, or does he you know put it a sink and
1: not? Um, so, um, so, here's, here's what, what I, uh, I think. Uh, there's, uh, there's a poss- possibility, possibility that Trump, Trump would leave off this, this. but, but what, he, he, what, he'll what he'll do is... is... will do it John, John Adams Adam style. style. So, so leave, leave off, off uh Do, do not, not watch the, the inauguration. Hold up. Technical, technical difficulties. I, 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 I got I to leave, leave for a, for a sec.
0: sec. Yeah, no problem. Jack, what do you think about... Because I know there are all these talk show hosts like Bill Maher saying that Trump wouldn't, you know, concede. Trump would demand a recount. He'd say it's rigged. He wouldn't let it happen. But what do you think? Trump. Loses. I, I
2: think that'll happen to a point. It wouldn't surprise me if he does demand a recount or does, you know, have a long, drawn-out Supreme Court case. But I mean, honestly, I know Republicans, and I might be putting too much faith in them here, but I honestly believe if it's clear that Trump has actually lost, you know, I think he will eventually go out of office, you know, the especially, you know, civil servants won't, you know, will refuse to serve him, you know, career bureaucrats will it, it, eventually there'll be an end point. That's
0: a lot of faith.
2: You're putting out yeah, right there. no, but I mean, I mean, I think the system will if honestly Trump stop working. I think, I mean, if thing. we get really extreme, right? If we get really extreme and he refuses to leave office, I mean, I, 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 I don't think there's a way America would function with that. And I think there would be, there would be a move. He would be taken out of office. And I think I honestly, even the Supreme Court, if they make a decision about it, I, I can see that they rule he loses. And I know. I have I have it some confidence in Neil Gorsuch. It shouldn't come to the Supreme Court, though. but there's a very good chance it will. Knowing Trump, that would be just damaging. I mean, I have and a lot of we won't have Trump, a president not. for six months. Yeah, and I it'll just, be just as damaging as the Gore Bush thing. So
0: even if it's clear
2: though, it wasn't even clear in Gore Bush.
0: Like I don't right. know. And chances are he doesn't. We chances are that like none of this happens and he wins again and all that it goes to waste. But um. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what yeah. happens if it doesn't go that way. But, um, yeah, so we've definitely uh, had some interesting conversations today. I thought it was going to be kind of formal, just, like, wrapping up the caucuses, talking about impeachment, but um, it's been good. And we'll... um mean, I'm tomorrow, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah
0: so we'll be watching that uh, very yeah, so the, uh Hopefully, we actually yeah, know the yeah, that we Yeah, polls close at 8 that night. Oh, okay, so
1: victory speeches by 10 30 mm, well. yeah i'm pretty sure we'll new see. hampshire we'll uh they count their votes a bit slowly but uh it shouldn't be as bad as iowa given that this is just a primary yeah. so it's very direct yeah, yeah yeah let's hope it all goes well in that
0: regard um yeah we'll see how it shapes the democratic race because new hampshire has a big impact on it um, I want to remind all our listeners to rate our podcast on iTunes, just give it the stars and write a review if you really like us and really hate us or have a question or anything like that. Um, we hope to have one out maybe this weekend previewing South Carolina. Or Nevada. South Carolina. Nevada
1: goes first.
0: Okay. Is Nevada at the end of the month? Or
1: Nevada, Nevada is, is on the 22nd. South Carolina is on the 29th.
2: Is the twenty second? Yeah, twenty
1: second and yeah, so oh, both okay. are Saturdays. Now, just one right. thing to note: right. uh, South Carolina is on February twenty ninth. Super Tuesday is on March third. So basically, they have until oh, wow. That's they be have big. until Saturday. They have from well, Saturday they would be in South Carolina delivering speeches like thanks, guys, and then they have Sunday, Monday, and um to, yeah that's it Then then comes super tuesday to do like 12 states right? yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> all right so that's gonna be fun lots of plane tickets and oh time. yeah but um yeah like, imagine, these guys must be tired they've been doing it since january of especially and
2: especially the senators i mean who had to shuttle back and forth from the impeachment trial and how Definitely
0: many like united airline miles do they have by now?
2: probably fall thrive private private jets oh to probably be cool. honest yeah. yeah even even the ones who rail against billionaires i think they might even have
0: i don't know i think they have like blocked off sections in you know like mainstream airplanes but i don't know it's really interesting and um
1: it's primary might be over soon i feel like it's been going on for a while but yeah, like, um let's just flash back to when it was just henry and i and we were like Doing a pod on Kamala Harris back in January, Kamala Harris January of the clear frontrunner for the <laughs> yeah. nomination. Yeah, those, those, those were the Corey days. Booker See, and, that was before the sensible voice
2: of Jack <laughs> Newell joined the pod. Indeed. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's um,
0: it's been a long time. It's it's interesting. We've had two New York City mayors run without any overlap. So like, I guess that's how far you go. Back.
2: Don't even get me started.
0: Yeah.
1: Blasio. He dropped always, No <laughs> matter, what, started on no matter what, since um Kamala Harris has entered the race, there has always been at least one African-American candidate in the race. Although, uh, the current one is Deval Patrick. Deval and Patrick. Uh, how is he yeah. doing? How is Deval Patrick doing? Not very well. <sighs> you know. He scheduled the town hall and then like
0: two people showed up and then he canceled. So, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, it's been Crazy Primary. We'll have plenty more podcasts on it, uh, probably one next week. So all our listeners, please rate and review us. um, Subscribe to us. Tell your friends about us. uh, Do whatever you want with us. Um, We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.